Welcome to Group Coach Nation, the podcast. I'm Chris Williams, your host, and we are here to dive deep into launching and scaling your own high ticket group coaching program or mastermind. If you already have a mastermind and you're just trying to scale it, grow it, make it more efficient, really take this thing to the next level, this is for you. If you're just starting out and trying to like understand how it all works behind the scenes, listen in. You're gonna learn a ton and you're gonna get the codes to crack this thing wide open for you. All right, let's jump in, enjoy the episode. See you on the inside. Hey, group hey, coach. I have Mr. Kiss here on the call today. Oh my gosh, so excited about this PR thing we're going to talk about. PR is something that is really, you know, simple, but complicated for most of us. So we get a decent amount of questions about this, actually. So I've asked Esther to come on our show. She is a PR guru. Like the people she's worked for, it's an A-list of marketing companies and consultants. I was looking at that list earlier, Esther, and like, I'm a little jealous. You got you got some cool selfies with some cool. Thank people. you. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's it's funny. Like sometimes people have this reaction to big names, but really, if you think about it, PR is part of why they became big names. <laughs> Not saying that I did it, but you know, in general, the, the more you put yourself out there, the bigger audience you build, and the better your reputation generally gets. That's really true. All right, so help us with this, like. I asked you to come on the show and break this down and make it super simple. Cause for most of us hanging out and watching this live right now, we have our audiences, wherever you are in this group coach nation process, folks, building your mastermind, just hang on tight. We'll get you there. Okay. But if you're ready for Esther, it really means that you've got your offer figured out. You've got an audience going, you're selling high ticket coaching. You might already be down the mastermind track. Or you might just be starting with that, but you're, you're in that sphere of like, this is working. We're rocking and rolling. But here's the thing. We got to make sure that you're getting out there and you're really getting in front of the right people. So Esther, like start us at the beginning. What are three simple PR strategies? Like what's the progression look like? Yeah. So the very first thing that you need to keep in mind is know what your goals are. Know what kind of media you want to go after. Because if you, for example, have an offer that's very business oriented, let's say you're teaching people how to optimize their Facebook ads or conversions, something that is really a niche audience, going on CNN is probably not going to be a good fit. It's a very broad <laughs> audience, right? So you can, and, and certainly there is a role for that because of the branding effect and you know, the credibility that comes from that. But generally, you would have to adjust the topic that you're going to talk about to a more mainstream topic, not so much about conversions and you know what you're going to do there. Um, the second part that you want to look at is what am I going to say that makes those in interviews compelling? And how do I construct my message in a way that fits the media format that we are going after. Mm -hmm. So again, if we are in a podcast, it might be an hour long and you have a lot of time to go into your story and the details and the how-to. Whereas if you're on TV for a couple of minutes, it's a different pace. So you got to know what are some of those highlights, depending on what kind of media you're going after, that will make a really big impact on the audience so that you can maximize your results. And the third one is monetizing your publicity. And that's where a lot of people, I feel, fall short because they do all these interviews and they think that they're done. And that's really where the work starts. Right? So, <laughs> if I'm working with a client, my job is to make sure that they have interviews that they attend and, and they shine. But then it's really on the client to make sure that 
whatever they've done, they integrate it with their existing marketing and sales funnels. You want to make sure that you get the most for that time and energy that you spend on those interviews. So for example, if you have an, an article in Forbes magazine or a TV clip, put it in your retargeting ads or send it to a potential client before you talk to them on a sales call. Put it in your email autoresponder. There's just so many ways that you can make it part of your marketing where you warm up that audience. And a lot of people don't do that. And it's a shame. <laughs> you really should. You know, that's a really good point. Like that really is. You just kind of cracked a code for me. So when I think of this, it, it is kind of overwhelming. The three points you just mentioned, media types, messaging that content, monetizing the publicity. When I think of monetizing publicity, that's where I get overwhelmed because I think, okay, you know, Esther's got me in some really cool mention I'm on some amazing platforms, but oh no, now I got to have this fancy funnel and I got all this tech, all this stuff, but you're right. Just simply sending it to a person before a sales call or having it in an email, it just boosts so much credibility because when people come on a high ticket sales call, it's a trust game. It's not yeah. a funnel thing. It's a trust thing. Yeah. And yeah. that builds trust. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and what you mentioned earlier in the very beginning too, is that you got to have your offer. You got to have your sales process dialed in. That could be as simple as leading people to an application page and they come on a consultation call with you or with your sales team, right? Like for example, if they're applying for a mastermind, you want to know that they have a level of trust in you. You don't want to have to prove yourself right? <laughs> when you're on that call. And media can really help with that. So I would do that because first of all, it will build your credibility in the eyes of the person who you're talking to, but also it will clear out a lot of the repetitive questions that come up because when you're doing your interviews, you would be typically speaking to aspects of your methodology. Mm -hmm. And so having that played, uh, you know, laid out in, in some of your interviews and giving it to them in advance, they don't have to ask the very basic questions. Wow. That's really good. That's really good. Okay. So those of you hanging out here in group coach nation, y'all might not know this. It is uh, it is March 15th, 10 AM, 2022 at this moment. And, and for the past year, I'd say group coach nation doesn't do any paid marketing. We don't do any paid traffic, like no ads. We have no ads running to a funnel. Everything we do is organic. That is why I love what Esther does because this is not about running thousands of dollars per month into a funnel with low end buyers. This is about a very targeted approach to build trust with the right people. Yeah. That's a big difference here. So don't just start coaching for a second, Esther. Everybody watching and listening right now. We're all, we're on some sort of selling our information. Sure. Okay. What kind of places, let's go back to these three things. We got our media types, our message content and monetizing publicity. What kind of like media types would you think of for people like us? Okay. So there are two big groups. There is traditional media and online media. Traditional media would be your TV, radio, magazines, and newspapers, and to an extent speaking as well, because you're in person, but you're in front of a very specific audience, right? And the online media is podcasts, YouTube shows, Facebook live interviews, LinkedIn lives, private Zoom calls for masterminds, whatever it might be that's more of a, um, a blogs that is in, on an online platform. Typically, the audiences are more 
uh, niched than in mainstream media. And that could be that they're small in size. Sometimes they're really big. Sometimes they actually overtake traditional media, but mm -hmm. it, it depends on the specific show that you're on, right? And But they, the big difference there is, first of all, the, the um, targetedness of the audience. So if you're selling weight loss information, for example, traditional media is great because just about everybody wants to lose weight right, at some yeah, point. Yeah. <laughs> but if you're uh, teaching, for instance, business information, then having those niche audiences may be a much better fit for you. And uh, the other big difference is the length of time that you have. So uh, in traditional media, usually there is a very limited time that you have on air, whether it's TV or radio or even in magazines. I mean, you're going to have, you know, it's very rare that you have like a three page threat, threat <laughs> spread, yeah. right? So it's usually just a, a shorter article. Yeah. Whereas if you have a blog post, for example, written about you, that could be where you're scrolling endlessly. It could be a really in detail detailed blog post or it could be a long podcast that goes for an hour to an hour and a half you look at joe rogan that's like two and a half hours every yeah, time so, long. so that's a very I different can't think way of that many things to say <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a very different way of connecting with your audience right because you don't have to quickly say that these are the things that we need to look at like you know within the two minutes try, try to squeeze it in it's really more about building rapport with your audience mm-hmm Okay, that makes sense. That's helpful. So media types, that's extremely helpful, actually. And for most of us, we're really good at the podcasting thing. We're really good at being on camera. We like, we like talking to the screen, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially in this community. Okay, second thing, this, uh, this content thing, this message content, like as coaches, consultants, when they're out there and you're taking us through the PR process, what kind of message content matters? Because we're always thinking of what's the post that needs to happen, how do you say this the right way in like social media posts and blogs and emails often? What are you thinking about? So the very first thing is to really think through what are, who is your target audience? You should know that as a business owner, right? Who are you looking to reach? And then what are some of the problems and questions that typically come up before they would become a client of yours, whether it's buying a course or signing up for coaching or a mastermind, whatever it may be. What are some of those questions that they have and concerns that they have? And then what are the emotional triggers that create those questions, right? So that typically could be self-worth issues. It could be trust issues, whether it's with you, the provider, or the world in general, or them trusting themselves and their capabilities. Like, there's a lot of things, right? It could be things where they're not sure that this method that you're presenting will actually work. There's just a lot of things that that are doubts in their minds. And if you can craft your message in a way, just like how you would do in a webinar or in any kind of a sale, online sales methodology, but in interviews, you can't be salesy. It's, it's not a pitch fest, right? It's a conversation. So you wanna think about how can I present these talking points in a way that will be helpful to that audience, that's conversational, that makes sense, and that also, brings in both the how-to aspects of it and also the uh, stories. Because most podcasters typically are not trained journalists, so they're not going to ask you in a way that's magically the interview will be compelling you. It's on you as a guest <laughs> to present it in a way that really wants people to know, uh, to, to want to find out more about you, right? Mm -hmm. And the same goes for traditional media. It's just a very condensed format. What are some of those talking points that they would be interested in that – um, has to do with your expertise and with your skill set, but also ties into a mainstream story that they're already interested in to provide a point of view. 
So we would think about like, as an example, let's say you're launching a book, right? As an expert, you mm -hmm. want to, you want to have more leads, you want to brand yourself. And so you're doing a book. And you might want to have some traditional media as well as some online media to have a really comple comprehensive publicity campaign. The way you're presenting your message will be different on NPR than you're doing on a, a podcast, right? So you want to think those things through. And then the other thing is, how can I make it so that when people hear me for the first time or see me for the first time, not only do they want to come to my Facebook group or opt into my email list or whatever it may be, but also they want to see all the other interviews that I have, because that's typically what happens, especially with podcast podcasts, right? That I hear this person for the first time. They're interesting. Let me see what else they have, yeah. <laughs> what kind of other interviews. And if you always have the same five talking points, like for a speaking gig, typically you would have, it's not going to work, right? No. So try to always have at least one golden nugget that's just for that one show or that one media outlet. And you obviously there is so much that you can say, right? That that is part of your methodology, but you can reveal a different example or you can uh, explain it in a slightly different way that feels more timely, more modern. Like, hey, this is just something that we did last week with a client, or this is what happened to me on the way to the studio, like, whatever it may be, where you make it feel really relevant. Mm -hmm. And you bring in through a story or an example that, People, every time they listen to you or they see you, they feel like, wow, I'm always learning something new from this person. Mm -hmm. Oh, I like that. That's daunting for some of us. We think, and, and you don't have to feel that way, folks. You you think, how am I going to have that one golden nugget that's like ready for each of these opportunities? You know so much. And we all think, oh my gosh, how do I think? That? I promise you, the stuff you know is so important to the people who are listening to you. They just want to be where you are. Even if you don't feel like today you're at the best place, the highest point in the ladder climbing of your industry, it's okay. Yeah, I promise you there's a ton of people who are a few rungs down the ladder from you who are like, just give me a hand up. Just tell me the right <laughs> direction. <laughs> totally. All right. So let's talk about this monetizing it. Now, where are like coaches, consultants, people like that? Where are people pointing all this traffic to? Is there a, is there a place that's like, oh, this is really best for high ticket? offers or is it best for email funnels or is it best for just send people to your website like mm -hmm. what are you finding out there so number one i would say that applies to everybody no matter where you're at in business is once you have a handful of interviews particularly in mainstream media that have logos that are recognizable mm -hmm. put that on your website on the home page that as seen on and you will have cbs nbc whatever you know logos Forbes magazine, whatever it may be, where you've been featured. Now there is, I have a pet peeve about this because a lot of people <laughs> misuse it and they just do press releases and they put on these logos as though they had been interviewed when they have not. Mm -hmm. So don't do that. <laughs> Use it ethically when you've actually been interviewed, right? But then put it on there, show it off. And uh, have a media page on your website as well, where you have some of your most uh, interesting interviews that would be really helpful with having those conversions happen faster, have a media page where people can listen to uh, embedded pieces of your content where you've been interviewed, whether it's clips from your TV interviews or uh, snippets of your articles where you've been featured in magazines or it may be podcasts that you've embedded the MP3. So that would be just like a highlights kind of page, a media page on your website. And then you would take specific interviews, typically in their entire length and use it in different parts of your funnel. And where you use it will depend on what's working now for you, mm -hmm. right? So I would always start with 
where you already see high conversions in that element or in that part of your funnel. And let's see what we can get improvement wise when we add the media piece in. And then on top of that, you would experiment with adding on new things. Okay. You just said something really cool there. So, so using these things in places we're already seeing strong conversions in the funnel, like adding to what's working and making it work better, not trying to fix a broken thing with new PR. Yeah. Can I just flesh that out for a second? Yeah. I think people often think, oh, I'm going to go get this new shiny thing, PR mm -hmm. or ads or have somebody take some new, you know, glamour shots of me. So it looks good on this. If you're putting new stuff in a, let's back this up. If you're putting you and your, your favorite person on the planet, you and your special person in a broken car to go to dinner in a movie. You're not going anywhere. Yeah. Don't don't get the new best person or the new best thing in your marketing plan and put it in something broken. Put the new thing in what's already working so you can see a measurable change. Otherwise, Absolutely. you got nothing to measure, right? And and you know, this is so cool that you bring this up because a lot of people in the online coaching space are very direct response oriented, which is great. And a lot of things that we can do with publicity can be used to amplify those direct response funnels. A lot of times we can't exactly measure it because it's kind of like, you know, when you're dating someone, you don't know that that was the moment when I decided to marry this person is <laughs> the overall impression, right? And that's what we create with the branding aspects of publicity. Hmm. At the same time, it's undeniable that when you're putting yourself out there and you're doing a lot of these interviews and articles and all of these things, you're getting in front of new audiences. So therefore, there will be inquiries coming your way and seeing how, how much quicker you can build trust with those people and how much more often they see you because you're amplifying your presence in their lives, whether it's just purely through organic publicity or because you're using it in combination with retargeting, for example. Mm -hmm. Now in their eyes, it's like, wow, I keep seeing this person everywhere. <laughs> 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 it is true. It's true, folks. If you're building, particularly if you're building like a mastermind, like we teach here, the scary part is you need to have like 10 or 15 or 20 people buy a high ticket product all at once. And people are like, what? Like I sell one high ticket offer a month for one-on-one -on -one coaching. How am I going to sell 15 at a time? Yeah. It's really, really simple. It really is. But all these things kind of add up. Like we get people who come to Group Coach Nation, Esther, who we ask them like, so how'd you find us? And they're like, um, I don't know. I just, you know, I mean, you're, you're out there a bunch. I, I love that answer. I wish I could pinpoint it sometimes like, but which thing worked, but it's all the things that work. Yeah. It, and and sometimes you can be very granular. So as an example, my client, Ryan Levac, I work with him on both of his book lunches for ask and, and for choose. And the way he did his uh, campaign is that he would assign a unique coupon code for every single podcast that he did. And so he would know that if somebody typed in this coupon, <laughs> that's where <laughs> they came from. Right. So that works. But again, it's like, yeah, you know that that's where they made the buying decision, but you don't know how many other podcasts they've heard before. So mm -hmm. we have to look at the overall lift as well as the specifics, like look at both sides. Mm. Love that. Okay. So media types, message content, monetizing the publicity, <laughs> you're better at this than I am. That's really, really helpful. 
that's really straightforward. Understanding what media types to go after, the messaging content, like what are we actually going to say? What are, and, and you mentioned something in that point, like what are their needs? What are their pain points? What are their fears? Like we think about that in the in the sales process typically as as people who sell, mm -hmm. but we often don't think about that when we're when we're delivering content on a podcast mm -hmm. or when we're being interviewed for a, an article. And it's really a lost opportunity if you don't think about it ahead of time because again, most podcasters are not trained journalists. They're not going to be phrasing the questions necessarily in a way that's gonna bring leads to you. They want to help for sure. Most people are really collaborative in this space and they will happily promote your opt-in or whatever it may be, you know, your webinar and they want to do joint ventures with you, all those things, but they don't know what you know about yourself and your own business and how your audience reacts. So really it's up to you to balance both the story side and the very tangible how-to part of it mm -hmm. and make it in a way that's conversational, that's really helpful. It's not like you're lecturing them because that can feel really dry and people tune out. So you want to make it where it's fun. It's, it's really interesting. It's entertaining to listen to. But it's not just to chat just for the sake of it, right? It's mm -hmm. for presenting something that they will want. Like, oh, I get that. I, I want more of that. Love it. Let me just say this, folks. Uh, by the way, Esther and I don't have a financial agreement in place. There, there, I have no benefit in saying this other than just saying it. You all should reach out to Esther if you have questions about PR. In fact, her, her website here, I'll put it up here. Born to influence.com. Born to B O R N T O I N F L U E N C E.com. I got another question for you, Esther, but this is just popping in my head. Go talk to Esther. Here's why we've tried PR in the past with our own team, and then we've tried it with a few different people. We have, <laughs> we really suck at PR internally as a team. Let me just say it that way. We're really bad at it. Mm. We're not a PR agency. But when we've reached out to other people and said, hey, can you help with PR? That's when it's worked. And we've also found this, that, that having different PR people at different phases in our business has been helpful because PR is a relationship thing. Yeah. And you can't just go out there and open up a LinkedIn live account and start blasting your message and get PR. Like you need to know who to talk to. You need to know who it's relevant who's writing a story, who wants to reach out. There's tons of PR sites you can follow your information in, but I'm telling you, it just gets to be a ton of noise unless you have a person to help you. Like this person needs to talk to this person. It, oh my gosh, don't we all know this? Business is about relationships. So find your Esther or find this Esther <laughs> and start doing some PR work. You'll be glad you did. Esther, can I ask you another, another just yeah. question? Tactical? Okay. So how long does it take? People often ask, how long does PR take? Because we all want that fast, quick win. But mm -hmm. PR sometimes has a fast win, but it has a massive long-term win. So give us some mm -hmm. timelines here. So one thing that I would say is it really depends on who you are and how marketable you are. People don't like to hear that, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's true. And whether or not you've done certain types of media. So as an example, if you want to be on TV, the generally the typical lead time is two to six weeks, unless it's a breaking news type of story. And really, you are the number one expert that they would want to call and, and have to comment on a story, right? So two to six weeks, let's say, to get a TV gig. But when we pitch a story to a producer and let's say they like it, they like the idea, these are the certain talking points that we think we should present. I'm 
one of their first questions is going to be, has this person done TV before? Mm -hmm. If they have not, I would suggest, suggest that at the very least, you would have something like this where you are on camera doing an interview to have some kind of an idea. But still, generally, the first one is the most difficult to get. So that's why I'm saying it's, it's hard to give an answer that will fit everybody because if somebody has done a lot of TV, it will be faster to get them results in the very beginning of a mm -hmm. campaign. That said, Typically, when we start working with a client, we start with a quarterly campaign, so three months, because that gives us enough time to start really lining up those interviews, and that will kind of snowball over time, and then they can renew for another three months, mm -hmm. another three months. If you think that, you know, I want all the interviews next week, well, good luck. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so if you're launching something, or if you have a really big initiative that's happening six months from now, mm -hmm. this is the time to start thinking about your outreach, because, especially if you don't have someone to do it on your behalf, because you have to build those relationships. That's a good answer. And that's an honest answer, uh, folks. That's that's really good. And I've heard people think, oh, well, my gosh, these PR people just want to keep us online, keep milking us for three, six, nine months, whatever. No, it's it's a long game. Well, it's kind of like if you go to the gym, like I ate a salad today and I fully expect to wake up 20 pounds lighter tomorrow. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. It's know? so true. It's like everything good in life. Yeah. It just takes time and, and takes consistency. Right? Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Esther, you're a gem. Like, thank you for your advice. You bring value. And that's super powerful. I really appreciate your time. Like, I, I respect your time. So thank you for giving it to us today. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Chris. Any last parting words you want to give us or you just ready to rock and roll? Go see Esther at what is what? it? Born to influence.com. There it is on the screen again, folks. Yeah, definitely reach out. You can also email me at Esther at born to influence.com. What I would say is really think about what do you want to accomplish with your publicity campaign, whether it's more notoriety, branding, maybe it's the relationships, maybe it's more leads and sales, whatever. It, it could be a combination of some of those things. Think through what you want to accomplish and then start making a plan to see what do I need to do to make that happen? Good advice. Esther Kiss, borntoinfluence.com. Thank you for your time again. Thank you. Super helpful. All right, Group Coach Nation, as always, do the work and get the results. We're not here to tell you to get rich fast. We're not here to tell you to work 80 hours a week. Do the right work, be strategic, and get the results. It's not rocket science. It's just business. All right. Lean in with questions. Ask here in the comment threads, wherever. We'll point you to Esther or we'll answer your questions best we can. All okay. best. <laughs>